0: be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the others when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, Jesus' disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them this time. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to Thomas, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in His name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Christ. Thomas, Thomas, oh dear Thomas. Why do you have to open your big mouth and get yourself into such trouble if you had just waited a few days and kept your mouth shut everything would be okay and you would not have gone down in history with the nickname Doubting Thomas. Thomas, Thomas, oh dear Thomas. You know it's really unfair that all these centuries now we mostly refer to Thomas not as the twin, the Didymus, or Thomas the believer, or Thomas the great. Even still, after all these centuries and even a couple of millennia, Thomas, because he opened his big mouth at the wrong point, is doubting Thomas. It's really unfair because in his uh, defense, I suppose, you know, the other disciples of Jesus, the other apostles, they did this very same thing that he did. They didn't really come to believe in Jesus until they had seen him. You know, they, Peter and John and the others, they go to the tomb, they see the empty tomb, they sort of get something's cooking here, something big is happening. But it's not until that night when they see Jesus that they too really believe in him and recognize him as the Risen One, the very Son of God. And so how can you blame Thomas for the very same thing? It's just that he was longer before you saw him, and of course he happened to open his big mouth at the wrong time, putting on his big, you know, Missouri show me state sort of bravura. <laughs> the second thing that's sad about Thomas's name sort of being changed forever to Doubting Thomas is that as soon as he sees Jesus, as soon as he realizes that the risen Jesus is standing before him, flesh and blood, wounds and all, that Jesus is speaking to him with a real voice again anew, that Jesus indeed has risen from the dead, he believes He's not a doubter at all. At the moment of seeing Jesus, he falls down on his knees and he says the most perfect words in the Gospel of John, the words that culminate everything, the words that in a sense end the Gospel and proclaim to the world who Jesus is. With just a few very brief words, he says, my Lord and my God. And so upon seeing Jesus with his own two eyes, touching him with his own hands, loving him again, hearing his voice speaking to him, once again, eating fish and bread with him once again. Thomas becomes actually the model believer. He becomes the one who proclaims the most foundational piece of faith about Jesus that has held us together all these 2,000 and some years. Jesus, my Lord and my God. Thomas, 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 if you just kept your mouth shut, you would have gone down in history as the believing Thomas, not the doubting one. But John, the Gospel writer, doesn't leave the story there. He could have. Those could have been the very final words of the Gospel. My Lord, my God the words of Thomas but Jesus in John's telling of the story wants to make a point he wants to use Thomas's story to teach something important to the rest of us he says to him after his profession of faith after Thomas's profession of faith if you come to believe because you have seen me great it's wonderful but even more great and even more wonderful and, yes, even more blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. You guys, you twelve, you're all privileged. You, you see me, the risen one, in the flesh and in the light and in the spirit. You see me come back to life. You, For you, it's pretty easy to say, my Lord and my God but for all those who will come after you who do not have that privileged experience of seeing me in the flesh risen from the grave and who believe nevertheless blessed are they even more blessed than you even more blessed than you because their faith depends on something more than just the eyes set in their skulls depends on more than just the flesh and the tips of their fingers depends more on than just eating fish with me some evening their faith in me depends on a different kind of seeing a different kind of seeing me in a new way risen and present with them of experiencing me with them and that takes a deeper kind of faith yet than that even of Thomas as he says, my Lord and my God. He's speaking to us. Jesus turns away from the apostles and looks out into the crowd. He looks out to us, to all of us over these many millennia and he says, blessed are you when you believe not depending on your eyes, the eyes of your head, or the tips of your fingertips, but depending instead on the eyes of your heart, on the fingertips of your spirit, on on the experience in the depths of your being that you are not abandoned or alone or lost in this world. When, When you believe and know that death is a passage, not an end, then you know that I am with you forever and for all times and have not abandoned you. And how do you see with those kinds of eyes? How do you touch with those kinds of interior fingers? How do you feel and experience me? Well, let me show you the ways. We've been given this beautiful book, these Gospels, in which you can hear my voice yet again speaking to you. Every story of healing, every beatitude that's preached, Every experience of sorrow and doubt and prayer that you read about in these stories, even the stories of my death and resurrection, they are alive for you when you read them and hear them proclaimed. Every time you gather and you break the bread and share the cup that I broke and that I shared, I am there with you as intimate as I can possibly be. Not just outside you, but inside you, within you. That communion with me is an experience of communion with me. You are not alone, you are not abandoned, you are not left hungry in the desert. every time we receive the gift of mercy and forgiveness or share the gift of mercy forgiveness in the sacrament of penance or in the spontaneous moments in which we are called to say please forgive me i am there with you my mercy my love my forgiveness is there with you And maybe most important of all, every time you gather as a church, an ecclesia, every time you gather as the people of God, every time you gather as my body, I am there with you, among you. So that the people who you gather with in this church or any other church, the people you gather with outside of this church, people of faith and goodwill, even with all of their troubles and their faults and their failings and their blessings and their joys and their graces and their talents and their charisms, that being together as one, that kind of communion, I too am there. Each time you are gracious to someone who is poor or broken or hurt, Each time someone is gracious to you, when you are broken or hurting or failing, each time you pray together, each time you offer to each other the sign of peace, each time you embrace one another, I am there with you. You are seeing and loving me as I am seeing and loving So, Jesus says to Thomas, it's wonderful that you call me my Lord and my God, because you've seen me. Even more wonderful are those people sitting here this day who have seen me with the eyes of faith and love and who also join you, Thomas, in saying, my Lord and my God.